Welcome to Sacred Reading at Brandon High School. I am Miss Huff. With me this week is... Good morning, guys. This is Dr. Klein, principal at Brandon High School. So today we're just past the halfway point in the book, and we are looking at a quote from Ari on page 237. We are going to use Lectio Divina with it. So again, we are going to read the quote and then talk about what's going on in the text here, literally allegorically how is this like some other story we've heard in the news or on a movie in a book and then personally how do we relate to it and based on our conversation and what the book says what do we feel called to do do you want to read the quote for us yeah sure so the quote is as follows Uh, flipping burgers that's reliable not very imaginative but reliable come to think of it it's the perfect job for me i'm reliable and unimaginative she shook her head Are you going to spend the rest of your life reading up on yourself? Uh, And then it continues with the back and forth banter between, you know, mom and son in that sense. Ultimately, you know, him him saying he might take the summer off. Yeah, the literal, this is Ari deciding that he is going to quit his job for a while. And I like the spot just after it, too, where his mom asks him if he knows what ecotone is Mm -hmm. and uh, him deciding that he is between places and, and what a very teenage moment to be somebody who is old enough to make some decisions but not all of them still needing parents occasionally but not always and pushing against all those rules that's kind of exactly the area yeah and and i would agree with that right so it it continues you're in high school ari Uh, you're not looking for a profession you're just looking for a way to earn some money you're in transition so that element of transition you know obviously has a greater impact, right? You know, not to, to spoil, but right. as continued reading is concerned. But ultimately, I think so many kids are in that moment, right? You know, living in the moment versus thinking of what's happening beyond that moment as far as this transition piece, right? And oftentimes, you know, the underestimating their true ability or potential because they're in the moment, yeah. that they're not looking past that. And I feel like in this particular case, which is why it probably spoke to me, is that he was literally in the moment with us of just, eh, this is what's working and uh, why why extend myself anymore? Yeah. Which we see so much of, unfortunately. Oh, gosh. I have a student who comes down often to the library, but I haven't seen in a while. And I talked to one of her friends today and her friend said that she doesn't, doesn't come to school anymore, thinks that she probably just isn't going to graduate. Mm. This is a senior who's like, what, two months from graduation at this point? You're this close. I get that you might have a job for now and you think it's fine and and you're in that moment, but potential for your life, like deal with it for two months, whatever it is, so that you can have the life that you really want because this is a kid who could be so successful, could be amazing, is amazing, and has potential to actually make her life amazing. Yeah, and I think unfortunately or fortunately, you know, however one wants to look at it, there's a lot of that. It is in the moment, it is this is what's working, and can't look to tomorrow, right? And what I mean by that is that the work that might be needed to look to tomorrow, as you're saying, get through the next two months, right? You're a mm-hmm. senior, you got too much to lose. I, I think oftentimes students, and I believe he's older more of an upperclassman at this Mm -hmm. time of the book, if I recall. It is maybe even subconsciously not wanting to face what those next steps are, right? Which is why, you know, when mom says you're in transition, it speaks a lot to me because 
that summertime I think might be leading up to his senior year. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think it is. If not, it, it's definitely his junior year. His junior year. Um, the sequel takes place in his senior okay. year. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, ultimately, like, getting him to look beyond, right? But beyond that, if we go back to the quote for a second where it talks about not being imaginative, and I appreciate there's a, a pat on the back that mm-hmm. he gives himself for being reliable, mm-hmm. but it cuts himself short for lack of imagination, right? Mm-hmm. And, and really, we could go into a whole conversation about what is imagination and what does it what does it mean to be imaginative and or unimaginative, whatever the case may be. But the fact that he knows that he's reliable, so he's able to go there and make money, but not looking past what that is, not looking past as mom says, it's not a profession. And if it was a profession, great. If that's what he wants to do, great. Yeah. Uh, but clearly, there's been enough conversation that we're not necessarily seeing in here mm-hmm. that he's capable to pursue other stuff if he wants to no different the conversations we have with kids all the time you know i just literally before you came in just had a conversation with with the family and their senior about literally needing to look beyond the now what's going to happen after may 27th because this particular student hasn't hasn't thought about that yet it is february 27th so we're talking what march april may we're talking at three months him needing to think about that date of graduation when I said that, I said, you, you literally graduate in three months. Mm-hmm. What's next? And he was like, uh, 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 right, so start the conversation now, you know, ultimately. So I think that, again, that's probably why that speaks out to me as, as well. Yeah, if I'm thinking about this personally, I also wonder about myself there. You know, I'm a teacher, and my mom was a teacher. And my cousin was a teacher and my uncle taught for a little while and my dad subbed once he retired and like it's in my family, Mm. right? My sister started in public relations in travel and her job for a while was to take writers on vacation so that they would write good stories about hotels in order to be published. So for years, her life was all about vacations and that's a lot more imaginative. Correct. I like my job and I like working with kids, but I do wonder if I just picked something that was comfortable and I wonder what it would have been like had I chosen to write stories instead. But I think the imagination there is different, right? The way it's executed (laughs) is different. I mean, if you think about the way you have your displays in the media center, right? In that sense. (laughs) You kind of shook your head at one the other day. (laughs) Did I really? Yeah. Oh. My Read Harder Challenge has some books that are... Oh, that was maybe just subconscious of like, but clearly rock it out, you know, in that in that sense. But I appreciate the pushing of the envelope in some of those. Maybe that's what you saw in my shaking of the head. But it was more of shaking of the external of like, really? Than, uh-huh. than that. that that's, that's probably what it was. Because clearly I don't recall doing that. But subconsciously, clearly I, I did. But I think, you know, imagination is... To be imaginative is there's so many layers to that. Our gigs are very clear, but the execution of them, not so much. So I think it's the execution of what we do that's pulling that imagination to play. Well, that's this podcast. Yeah. You know, we started this years ago with The Hate You Give because mm. I listened to a podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text uh, that does this sort of thing. The girl who runs it was trained by Harvard Divinity School, and she wanted to use Jane Eyre, which is her favorite book ever, as a sacred text, because that spoke to her far more than all of her biblical training did. Mm. And her friend was like, okay, 
but I don't think anybody's going to come with Jane Eyre. I think we should use Harry Potter because people like it a lot mm. more. And this was 10 years ago, mm -hmm. so it was a lot less polarizing. But I listened to that and thought, huh, I wonder what books speak to our community and our kids. And I wonder if we can claim those books and see what lessons they teach for us, what we can do with it. But then I didn't just want... I didn't just want to record an audio file and throw it on like a media center website that no mm -hmm. one was going to listen to. So I figured out how to put it in iTunes. Mm -hmm. And it always throws me for a loop when I look at the dashboard and see that somebody in some other country has listened to an episode. Because yeah. what are you doing? But yeah. I think it's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, imagination right there. You know, in that sense of extending beyond the, mm -hmm. the current to provide. I think a lot of that has to do with exposing, right? So in a case like this, as great as a parents as, as they were to Ari, this is just a question. How much was he exposed to other things mm -hmm. to tap into that imagination, right? And what I mean by that is like sometimes you don't recognize how imaginative you can be until you're exposed to something else, Yeah. right? And that's not a critique on parenting. That's legitimately a question. And I'm not even saying parenting. I'm talking about maybe school as well, right, in that sense. If we talk about imagination, you know, Dante, right? If we want to talk about that with all the art stuff. Dante has imagination. Stuff, right? Um, you know, you think that would be imposed a little bit on Ari, but ultimately, you know, it, it could also be difficult for people to think imaginatively, right? And I'm not implying that exposure makes that easier. I think it just helps broaden the ability to think beyond, I guess, in that sense. Yeah, Ari seems to say multiple times here, like, oh, I'm just like my father, I don't talk. And his mom keeps trying to tell him that his view of his dad is very limited as well. And that his dad is more than he's giving him credit for. You know, I married your dad because he was beautiful. And mm -hmm. Ari's just like, what do you mean by that? And how does that fit with the man that I know? And he's selling himself short based on what he sees. So that's an interesting take. Mm -hmm. We've talked about how this relates here personally, and we've talked about what we see in the text. Does it remind you of anything in other stories and movies and, and things of that? Mm. I definitely have a lot of adolescent lit. You know, we, I read YA all the time. And so I see this in a lot of books, this struggle for identity and for who you want to be and what you're going to do. And so many times, I'm thinking of uh, several books where the characters end up choosing between who they want to be with and what they want to do with their life. And mm. it's like, oh, you, you would be a bad boy if you did this. You know, very much the boxes we put people in in high school. And what I love about this book is that that's not the choice. Ari yeah. just gets to be whoever he wants to be. Correct. Yeah, so that's a great question. I'm embarrassed to say that <laughs> I have not read enough. Yeah. Uh, but also, I'll be honest with you, I'm not a big movie buff. Oh. I'm not. So, like, you're watching me, like... <laughs> okay, like, this is not a good equation, but, like, you say who you want to be. Uh -huh. What just popped in my mind was, was Sister Act 2. Okay. All right? When Rita, you know, wanted to go sing and, and wanted to be a part of this... Choir competition, right? Mm -hmm. Lauren Hill, like that. That's where I fell in love with her, right? <laughs> but like, she went against against the grain and left mom a note that you know, sorry, mom, but I have to do this. That internal drive of you no, know, like this is who I'm, I'm gonna be, right? So I think that's an example of being convicted 
of who you are or what you want to do and going against the grain specifically with mom in that particular movie. But then mom understanding once she saw her daughter performing on stage that no, that's exactly who she was to be. And unfortunately mom was equating it to mm-hmm. her husband who passed away from what I gather in the movie, although it's not directly stated. Um, she talks about, you know, do you want to be like your father, you know, sing on the streets, singing your shoulda, coulda, was. Mm. Um, and it's pretty much a good quote to that, actually, as well. But I think, you know, as far as that, that's what just popped in my head. In reference to this, anything paralleled, I, again, yeah, my, my reading for leisure is pretty nil. I um, see it with Dumplin', which okay. is uh, a girl who has been told that she's overweight her whole life. Her mom runs a beauty contest and is a former beauty queen. And she ends up applying to be in the beauty contest, mm. mostly as a way to kind of take it down, but eventually lets her personality shine, realizes that she can be who she is and be large and still have a boyfriend and still be thought of as pretty and still sing and still and still do all of the things if she just has confidence yep. that it's not the people around her keeping her down, it was more herself keeping her in. And I, see that. and I would say on the other end of that, Hairspray. Oh, yeah. Right? Can't think of the character's name. But she was confident in who she was. It was the other surrounding that mm-hmm. contest or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not quoting this properly, friends. <laughs> but like in, in that sense. And I think, you know, if we go back to, to this for a second, Ari having, having a mother to try to push him beyond his thinking having Dante as a friend to push mm-hmm. him beyond his thinking is so important because I think without those those pushes, it's harder for individuals to maybe be seen beyond when they look in the mirror, right? Yeah. From a surfaced level, you know? You talked about your, your family being educators, right? Um, my father taught for one year and got out of it. <laughs> Literally went straight through, got his master's in English, taught for one year and said, nope, not for me. And then went to trade school and became an electrician, hmm. which is not your normal track, right? <laughs> and had a career in, in the electrical business and you know, all of that good stuff. For, for me, like, this is who I am, right? It's the core of who I am. I am at 42 years of age starting to ask myself, what else, though? Yeah. Right? What else? You know, if I think back to this quote here, re- reliable, reliable in the sense of, like, this is who I am, mm-hmm. um, unimaginative, I'm starting to, to wonder what, what else is out there, right? And I'm not saying in place of, I'm talking about in addition to. I think to myself, if on a personal level, like I have my doctorate, right? Mm-hmm. And that was a bucket list. Mm-hmm. I, I did that for no, no other person other than myself. But now I'm like, or another reason other than myself, I'm now I'm like, well, I have it. So what am I doing with it, mm-hmm. right? Clearly you don't have to have it to, to be a principal. But I'm thinking to myself, well, then maybe, you know, is, is there adjunct work that could happen? Mm-hmm. Like are there, you know, HCC, USF, an intro to education class, like how do I jump on that bandwagon mm-hmm. as an adjunct situation to give me that fix a little bit too, right? In that. But I've just now started thinking about, okay, as much as I tell kids, look down the road, look down the road, look mm-hmm. down the road, maybe caught a midlife crisis, 40 years old, right? I don't know. Yep, um, me too. <laughs> 42, and, and I, I just hit year 19 in education. Uh, so I'm almost hit 20, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of like, okay, this is what I've always wanted to do for my life. Like, like literally, I talked about being a principal when I was, was when I was interning. Mm-hmm. Like literally, when I was interning in two thousand three. Talked about being a, a principal. 
I did not realize we were in exactly the same year, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so literally, like, now that I'm I'm here, right, and I don't take the opportunity for granted at all, there's a small part of me that's like, okay, like, what else, you know, like, his mom talks about, you're not looking for a profession. Well, we're in the profession, Mm -hmm. but what else can I do in the profession? So I look at it a little bit differently, right? Mm -hmm. Like, mom for Ari is trying to get him to think beyond Mm -hmm. the flipping of the burger, which is not a bad thing. I'm not selling that short, but getting him to think beyond that. I, if I equate it to my life, I'm like, okay, what else can I be doing in addition to, if that makes sense? Yeah. I'll be 42 in August. This is year 19. Yeah. I will be 52 and have 30 years in. Yeah. You can't retire at 52. So yeah, what else Mm -hmm. and what in addition and what next? Yeah. And, you know, I live in the same town. I have lived my whole life in. I drive past the school I went to high school in every day. Yeah. And I, you've also done a lot too, though, in your career, ahead. right? I, we, we both have, fortunately. Sure. Been, we, right? But you're right. Like, what what is 10 more years going to look like? Mm-hmm. And I think so, like, as, again, why that stood out for me was this conversation of, like, <laughs> what are next steps? What is beyond? What is out there? That adjunct is interesting. That's kind of what my husband says to me. He's like, you know... If you work an adjunct at like a university, your kid might get in free to yeah. one. Yeah. So that could be a benefit here. Yeah. And I think, yeah, you know, well. that also brings a different fix, right? Yeah. I don't teach students every day in the same way I used right. to, and I miss it. And Correct. that's why I schedule teachers to come down Correct. and teach for a day because re- I want those kids yeah. in front of me in no. that relationship. And, and that the reason why I, I meet with so many kids, like more than my calendar is, is kid meetings. <laughs> Which is why I get nothing else done, <laughs> but I still need that fix, right? Mm-hmm. I, I hate saying it that way, but like having the opportunity to, to work with them is why we got into it in the first place. Mm-hmm. I think the beauty of what we do now is we, we get the best of both because we're working with the grown folks, mm-hmm. right? And certainly in your role. I grow- gave up a lot of the grown folks though when I yeah. had Sasha. I used to write trainings for the yeah. district no, and spend all summer long doing them. Yeah. And being up here i worked mostly with teachers yeah and so the perspective changes right and i think ultimately that's a lesson from this book as well Mm -hmm. the the trajectory changes the journey changes so maybe what we're called to do is to just be imaginative to think about yourself and and what you could do next but also to remind kids of that daily and to live that you know we used to have hashtag imagine your greatness as one of our things here and that really speaks to me in mm-hmm. this. Yeah. I'm with you on that. Hey, thank you guys for joining us. Tell us what you imagine for yourself. I will open a discussion board for this week as well with another quote too. If you want to be on the podcast, send me a message through Canvas or come talk to me. I'd love to hear your thoughts and let us know what you think of Ari and his frustrations at being stuck in being a high schooler. Thank, thank you guys. You.